Hello, good evening. My name is Richard. This is over and over and over again. It is, of course, Monday evening. It's slightly earlier time this week, actually, due to a little game that's happening somewhere. Um, Liverpool against some team that I've never heard of. Um, but we'll, so we thought we'd start a bit earlier so, you know, we can all enjoy watching a bit of football later as well. Um, of course, um, it's quite, uh, it's been quite a good weekend, hasn't it, actually? Because um, this is that. But of course, we're not getting carried away or anything like that, of course. It's just standard behaviour, really, isn't it? Arsenal top of the league, it happens all the time, doesn't it? So we're going to have a look, look at that, um, what happened on, on the weekend, of course. Um, we will also round up the, the final couple of episodes of All or Nothing as well, which we've been talking about on the show. We've got a game, of course, haven't we, um, at the weekend, another one um, against Fulham. So Fulham will be visiting the league leaders on, on Saturday, so that's going to be good. Um, and also, as well, we will look at a certain central defender who scored a rather good goal. All that's coming up the other side of this. We've got, of course, uh, a full house in actually tonight. Fantastic to see everybody. Melvin, back again, of course, as always. Great to see you. Yeah, we're looking forward to this. After the weekend, after the last about four or five weeks, actually, it's, uh, it's lovely. What a happy to get into, right? It is, yeah, it's fantastic. Let's, let's not get too used to it, just in case, but let's enjoy it while we can because yeah. who knows how long it's going to last. Um, and although he is a, a regular on the channel now with his own show, it's his first time he's been on the Arsenal Review. It is, of course, Sean. How you doing, mate? You all right? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? This isn't what so I signed up for meltdowns. I wasn't expecting hundred percent records. This isn't what this isn't what I was thinking was going to happen. No, neither were we actually. But anyway, it's uh, you know maybe maybe you've changed the fortune. Maybe it's all down to you being involved in the channel. Maybe who knows? Who knows? Luckily, Irish. Maybe Let, let's hope so. Let's hope, hope mm. it continues. And of course, Neil as well, regular on the show this season. Good to see you again, mate. You okay? Oh, wonderful! Loving it. Sitting pretty at the top. What can you say? What can you say, lads? Hope you're all well. Nice to see you all. Yeah. We are doing very well. Actually, what, what I'll do is I'll kind of quite enjoy it. So I'm going to play. We are top of the league. 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 That's enough of that, though, in case I'll start thinking we're Tottenham and celebrating winning the league after three games. But anyway, it's quite nice to be up there anyway. It's been a while. Um, so, of course, um, to get there, we had a little trip down south to the south coast um, against Bournemouth on Saturday, which actually turned out to be not a bad performance, did it? <laughs> So, I mean, you know, we spoke last week. We all kind of expected us to win and, and probably be the better team. But it probably went even better than maybe we even hoped for. It's almost the complete um, away performance, wasn't it? You know, we, we got at them right from the start. A couple of early goals helped, of course. Um, and in the end, we could and maybe should have won by even more goals, shouldn't we? Let's be honest. I mean, 3-0 probably flattered Bournemouth more than it flattered us, to be fair, in the way the game went over, all the chances that we had. Um, it was just another really good performance. I think it just goes to show for me how much confidence plays such a big part in football. You can see 
everybody's been lifted by the pre-season that we've had, by the start to the season that we've had. And it's almost now everybody, the players, you can see that they're going out there expecting to win. And I think as fans watching, we're almost expecting us to win. And this wasn't something that's been um, happening much, as it really, over the last um, couple of seasons in particular. So, um, for me, it's about confidence. It's about having some better players in the team. Zinchenko, fantastic. Jesus, brilliant. And, of course, Saliba, which we'll come on to as well. Um, I mean, Melvin, what did you make of the performance overall? Because I thought out of the three games so far, that was the best one, wasn't it? They've all been good, but this one's probably topped the previous two. Well, I think Bournemouth, after about five minutes, was shell-shocked. They couldn't have, they didn't know what to expect. They must have been training all week. We've got to be careful with Arsenal, but we played at such intensity in their faces. Moving the ball quickly. We're, we're at last playing like a team. Not like when everybody gets the ball, we're every that player's got the ball's isolated. They've got options. Everyone's got options to get a ball to someone else. And they, know, they know they're going to give it to. And I've said it before, this is like sideways stuff. I mean, we only do it now to show that we're in control. We, we used to do it because we had no confidence before of who to give it to. It's totally, I don't mind them playing about it back when we're two get up looking for little gaps here and there that come. Because I know there's a reason for it. Before when we were doing it, last season, season before, because no player had the confidence to, to, to give the ball or had the confidence to ask for the ball. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, it's a great performance. As you say, we could have had more. I would have liked to have um, been, got another one or two before half-time to finish the game off so we could have brought a few more players on before the end of the game, give them a bit more time. But I'm not complaining at all. That was very, very good. Very enjoyable. It's one of those games that you could have actually sat there and had a cup of tea and not worry about throwing it in the air at all, being frustrated. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, the two early goals helped to settle us all down. And then you could, we could sit back, as you said, and just relax and enjoy watching the football, which um, isn't something that we're used to. But we're starting to get used to it because we do seem to have this season got early goals and got ourselves in front and then it makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? And you can see what, what difference that's made. I mean, Sean, what did you make of the performance then overall? Because it was very, very dominant, wasn't it? From the first minute pretty much to the last. Bournemouth had spells in the second half, but really, we were in complete control, weren't we, from start to finish? It was really. From the first five minutes, so from that four-minute, five-minute mark when um, the ball went up in the air and Jesus took it down with oh, what a touch, what a touch. He just picked it straight out of the air and then dribbled past, what, two, three players? And then plays that little slide rule ball through to Martinelli. It was, yeah, yeah, Bournemouth looked terrified. And, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, one of the stats that came out to me that – what st stood out to me, which I think a difference from last year was Thomas Party had the most amount of dribbles, successful dribbles in the game, which tells you the ball's getting carried out from the back properly. And like Melvin was saying, it's not sideways passing, it's not passing for the sake of passing. When you've got a goal threat up top, and not just the one now, because it's been said about um, Saka seeming as if he's a bit quiet. I don't think he is. I just think it's that you've got to mark players. You can't not mark players. And when one side is strong, the other side is, you know, not necessarily out of use, but possibly marked out the game. Great. That means the left side's open. Fantastic. It's, I mean, we'll come to a bit later about the next game coming forward, but having, a, you know, having looked through the stats over the weekend and how, how Arsenal are being successful down both sides, to be honest, um, and down the middle, then, yeah, it, it looks about as good as it can look at the moment. There could have been more goals. I think the foot 
came off the gas with probably about 20 minutes to go but hmm. it was about as comfortable and perfect in a way performance as you can get and yeah. like you said we'll talk about Saliba in a bit but wow wow what a, what a performance from a defender and i i can't think of an all-round box-to-box performance that good from a centre-back for quite some time yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't just him. I mean, I'm actually really, really enjoying the performances of Zinchenko as well. Um, all three games, he, he settled in straight away. He looks just a, a fantastic footballer. I like the way he's dropping into midfield at times and we're going almost three at the back, aren't we, with Ben White, Saliba and, and Gabriel um, and Zinchenko drops in. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's just working so well. And Zinchenko has just been, I think, it, not many people are really talking about him. Jesus is getting all the headlines, Saliba as well. But Zinchenko, for me, is is up there with one of the best signings I think that we've had in a long, long time. He's such a good footballer. Absolutely brilliant what he's doing at the moment. It's just fantastic. And, um, yeah, everything at the moment is looking, it's almost looking too good in a way. I'm almost like, um, I'm not, I don't want to get too excited because you know it's all going to come crashing down probably soon. But um, at the Good moment, set of fixtures. Yeah, it has been a good set of fixtures. And we, we need to appreciate that. And, you know, um, I mean, Terry's in the, Terry's in the chat as, as he usually is. He says, um, um, Evening Rich, Magic. Neil and Sean, what a fantastic weekend and thank you, Newcastle. I mean, me and Terry were talking about it during the game, actually, and Terry made a good point about he wants to see, you know, exactly how we get on in the in the big games, particularly when we go behind in a game as well, to see how we respond. And then we'll see exactly what, what progress we've really made. But certainly, as being, you can only play what teams you get given. We've had three games that we've had to play. We've won them all and we've played well. And that's uh, what we if you went and won every single game apart from against the top three, you'd come away for the season with, I know it doesn't work like that, but you'd come away with, what, 96 points. So Yeah, yeah you would. And, and, and to be fair, that would, that would be enough. But yeah. ultimately, you know, um, you, you know, we've seen Newcastle, as, as Terry mentioned there yesterday against Man City. We've seen Crystal Palace at, at Liverpool. You know, I yeah. want to see Arsenal produce a performance like that against a top team. I really want to see that. Yes, it might not matter ultimately to where we finish in the league because, you know, if we beat everybody else, as you said, it's not really going to matter. But I want to see that because to me, that, that's the benchmark, isn't it? When you're playing yeah. those top teams, especially away from home, but anyway, playing them at home uh, and getting a result. And if we can, if we can do that as well, then that will really show everybody that actually this Arsenal team is to be taken seriously. Um, and it's looking, I mean, people are talking about us already. Every team we play, their fans are saying, oh, you got you guys are going to challenge for the league. Well, you know, let's, you know, we're top of the league at the minute. We're enjoying it. But let's, you know, 35 games still to play. Let's not get too carried away. But yeah, yeah at the moment, it's great. But let's see, I say, you know, we've got some big, bigger tests to come, obviously, as we know. But I mean, Neil, you must have enjoyed that on Saturday. I mean, it was uh, superb performance, wasn't it? You know, regardless of who we played, we would have beaten most teams playing that, the way that we played on on Saturday, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, you guys are right to talk about. You know, we've got to play a bigger team, but the point is, it's the way we're playing. In in theory, we've already played a bigger team. We've already played Chelsea in the preseason, smashed them four nil. So I know it's a preseason, and you can't take too much away from that. But it is Chelsea. Um, I think the way we're playing, we are doing what we should have been, or all, 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 most of the fans, all the true fans have wanted for a long time, is we need to see a team that puts the frighteners on the opposition. The opposition have got to look at their fixture list and say, oh, God, we've got Arsenal this weekend. And that's whether it's home or away, because we've proved we can do it at both um, home and away so far this season. Mm. Um, when you get that, it puts a completely different mindset onto the opposition. They're all—they're already kind of chasing their tails. If you've even before 
kickoff, and that's what exactly what this team is doing. They are playing with such a high pace, intense. In, you know, they're so intense, high pace. They're dynamic. They're creative. Um, they're spontaneous, and you know, they're bamboozling defenders. The forward line are bamboozling defenders, but that's only working because of everything that's going on correctly at the back and in the midfield. So it's all working very well now. All the good, all the boxes are being ticked. We're clicking so well together as a unit. Um, and I think we've just got the balance, the, the formations, the identities now there, which we've missed for so long. You know, everyone was questioning, what, what are we? What, 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 what is Arsenal Football Club anymore? You know, it, it was it, that kind of started with Emery and then it, went in, it carried on and followed on with Arteta. And now, over the last few games, Ironically, in conjunction with the with, with the documentary that came out, and we've seen the behind the scenes as to what they're trying to achieve, it all seems to have just clicked all at the right time. And you know, um, I, I want to just shout out. I mean, there's so many players we can talk about, of, of course, but there's two that I really want to mention. One you've already have. You know, it's for me. Uh, I, I kind of uh, liked what I saw with Sinchenko for the first time in three weeks. Obviously, he's done well in the, all, all of them, but I really saw. Uh, more of him and highlighted my, 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 my kind of my attention was highlighted a little bit more in this game because he was doing something which I haven't seen yet, which was defending so well at the back. You know, his his back, he was he was the last man on a couple of occasions and he handled it as well as Saliba has been handling it. Just so cool, so so very composed. Um, and then the other person I want to highlight is Ben White because a lot he's, I still think he's getting quite a lot of stick. And actually, he was involved, especially the second goal, in both the first two goals. All right, the first one was a bit of a <laughs> a lucky kind of, you know, whatever it was, and it just went high in the air, and Jesus yeah. done all the rest. But the second goal, he was actively involved in with the overlap, etc. So, you know, you know, I think they're all got having a big part to play, and that's and that's showing by the results. So, mm. long may it continue, and uh, we will be celebrating at the end of uh, or the middle of May. Don't you worry about that. Well, hopefully we celebrate something now. We, we, what that will be, we'll have to wait and see. Um, the Kino, league, he, Rich, the he, league. This is kind of what I was what I was meaning. He said we need a statement win, specifically, uh, specifically against City or, or, or Liverpool. No, exactly, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, that would really set the marker out, wouldn't it? We can produce a performance against those guys. Um, Loki is in the chat as well. Evening, Loki. Hope you are well. Um, looking forward to your comments as always. Um, Kiddo says there, United smashed Liverpool in pre-season. I don't take that seriously. But the pattern of play and Jesus's impact was evident. Yeah, exactly. And we've carried our preseason into the start of the season, haven't we? You know, Man United haven't clearly. Um, not yet. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Obviously, a bit later. Um, Edward says there, and he's got a great point in there. Even Brentford will be quaking in their boots at the prospects of playing us now. Indeed, they will. That's not too long to wait for that game either, is it? I wonder if there'll be a bit of revenge there from from us from last season, of course. And Kiddo says there, the thing I'm most impressed with is how we've improved our left hand side. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, we aren't heavily reliant on Saka anymore. Uh, we're a lot more unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, people talk about Saka not maybe being in great form. And I kind of agree with the fact that the fact is we've got better players now in the team. So he's not going to maybe stand out as he did before because he was the, the shining light, wasn't he? Now he's probably not playing any worse than he was before. But because there's so many other players who have now stepped up, we've got better players in the team. It's taken the pressure off him, and maybe it's almost he's almost going unnoticed. But he's still doing some great work, isn't he? You know, he was heavily involved in that second goal. It was his ball to Ben White overlapping to create the goal, and he's he's been involved in in lots of great things in the free game. But yeah, he's not 
standing out as much as he as he was before. But you know, um, that's a great thing, really, because it means that the whole team playing well. We're not just relying on a twenty-year-old player that we have done for the last couple of seasons, isn't it? Which is great. So um, I'm enjoying that. But yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll look a lot. To, he'll get more involved in in stuff as the season goes on. Anyway, you know, not that he's playing badly, but but yeah, the fact that we've got now a team that actually looks. Um, a serious team, finally, which we've waited a long time for. Um, Sean's in the chat says, if we finish fifth, is it still good progress? It's highly competitive at the top. Well, I mean, fifth wouldn't be progress at all, would it? Because we finished fifth last season and we spent a lot of money. We've improved the team. So, no, I don't think fifth would be progression. But we spoke about this on the show at the beginning of the season. If we win the Europa League and come fifth, job's done because we're in the Champions League next season. So that wouldn't, because obviously the Europa League does stretch your squad and whatever. So I would take fifth and Europa, uh, winning the Europa League. But if we finish fifth and don't win the Europa League, then that's not progression at all. And that's a massive, massive problem. Um, Sean says there with more points. Well, yeah, but more points or less points, ultimately it's where you're finished in the league, isn't it? What, what, the, what the prize is at the end. We need to be... The Relative, isn't it? With what we've spent, you know, and if, if we get fourth place with a lot less points than last season, that's that's progress because we've got in the Champions League, isn't it? And if we come fifth with more points, that's that's not progress because we finished fifth last season and the result will be the same. We will still be in the Europa League again. And that's not good enough for where we, where we should be now with the team that we've got, how long the manager's been here, how much money we spent, all these kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, it's... I know we'd all be gay, wouldn't we? If you finished fifth with, I don't know, 75 points like we did, um, what, about five or six years ago? Well, I think it was 75 points, wasn't it? We came fifth. But I mean, you know, unusual to get that many points ultimately. That's what it is, isn't it? Um, Edward says, other than Haaland, I'm not convinced um, there's a huge amount for us to fear from City. No, that's still a good side, though. Um, We were great versus them on New Year's Day. Um, and the way Xhaka is playing, he might even not get sent off <laughs> this time. It wasn't Xhaka that got sent off, was it? It was Gabriel that got sent off against City. He got sent off in a couple of other games. Um, and Sean says there, it's the positive evolution of the team that counts in all areas. No, it is. And we've seen it already. But ultimately, it's a results-driven business, isn't it? And it's where you finish and what you achieve at the end of the season. And if we haven't achieved any more than last season, is that progress, regardless of how much better we might have been playing? Probably not. It won't be considered progress, will it? So, yeah, it's a tough one. But at the moment, I'm enjoying watching us play. And that's progress for me because I haven't enjoyed watching us for two years or two and a half years. So it's nice to be able to probably more than that, actually. So it's nice to be able to watch it, enjoy the games again. Um, actually, I, I do want to talk about actually one player for me that really, really stood out on, as it has done pretty much all season, the player that he's, he's, we've talked about him a bit, but I really want to talk about his performance on Saturday because I thought he was absolutely remarkable. And he has got as well now a very nice new song. Of course, William Saliba. What a great song that is, by the way. Fantastic. I've been singing that since Saturday um, on Nonstop, which is great. Um, and, you know, he deserves his own little song because his performances in these first three games. I mean, I know everybody, there was a lot of hype about William Saliba when he was on loan. Everyone was saying, you know, why did we send him on loan? Why wasn't he playing? All this kind of stuff. And, you know, he, he got player of the year, wasn't it, in France and stuff like this. And everybody was thinking, you know, why is he out on loan? Well, now we can see. He was out alone to develop and he's developed and he's come back. And wow, I mean, those three games have been, you know, considering it's his first three games ever in the Premier League, he's still a very young player. And I thought on Saturday, I mean, that goal was just incredible goal. Left foot, the way he just talked, it was as though he does it every day. You know what I mean? He just, oh, I'm just going to put it in. Oh, no, don't worry about it. You know, a remarkable goal, but it's more how calm and 
collected is at the back. And he stands out amongst anything because he's probably two or three inches taller than everybody else in that team. So when we've got a, a free kick or a corner, you, you can spot him a mile away because he stands out above everybody else because he's, he's got height, he's got the power. I mean, he's just been remarkable. And to me, he could be, if he carries on this, these, these performances, He's going to be the best defender that we've had for probably since the, the days of Martin Keown and, and Tony Adams and people like that. We've, we've not probably had a defender that commanding since then. I mean, Melvin, what have you been making? What did you make of him on Saturday, first of all? Because I thought he was just incredible. What an incredible performance. He should have got man in a match again for me. Yeah, I mean, the guy's like a Rolls Royce, isn't he? It's just, it's that it's too good to be true, really, isn't it? I mean, for a guy so tall to be so fast as well, and to read the game, I mean, it doesn't mean a lot for forwards, does it? What chance they got when you think about it? He's strong, he's fast, he reads the game, he's calm, his distribution is very, very good. I mean, I've not seen an Arsenal, not even defender, footballer, really, well, it's unless a defender, make, have such a start for three games. Uh, Marlon, when he started against Everton, he had a terrific game, scored a goal. Oh, we got one. And he slightly petered out a little bit. And he was a bit older than, than 21. I think he bought about 24, 5, did we, or something like that? But this yeah. guy, it's like, wow. You know, we just got hope that, well, just hope it just continues as he is. And he doesn't need a big step up for the next two or three years to become that a great player. He's quite near, he's nearly there, actually. No, yeah. what I like, one of the things I like is the ball got played over the top on Saturday. And he turned and he seemed to have legs 20 foot long, seemed to be galloping up the pitch. And he, you know, he did this great strike and he got to the ball before anybody else. The guy might have had a bit on him to start with anyway. He had no chance of getting the ball the guy. No chance at all. So he's it's 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 a bonus, a big bonus for this club to have a player like that. And uh, you know, it's a great position to be in. Ben White, he, he played very well. For three games, but he's not a fullback. Don't care what you, anyone says. And if we play the Liverpools of this world, then we might not perhaps get away with it so much. Because obviously, Tomo is a, uh, a fullback. But if that is the case, Ben White is a great, you know, extra lad in your squad. So I don't think he plays every week if Tomo's fit. I really don't. No. Because Gabriel's been playing out. He plays just Mr. Consistency. Isn't he, Gabriel? He's solid, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Solid as a rock. Who sang that? Yeah. Fathom, Hawaii, was it? It was, it was solid as a Ashford and Simpson sang something. Ashford and Simpson, sorry, it was to me. Ashford and Simpson. No, that's what it is. I mean, it's great. What, I mean, it's basically, it's like Christmas, isn't it? It's like Christmas over here. Wow, what have we got here? I didn't expect that. You come to your last present at Christmas, you think you've had all the decent toys, and all of a sudden, that comes out. No, that's it. You think it's going to be a pair of socks, but it ain't. No, <laughs> No, well, he's, he's got a pair of socks, but yeah, he's uh, he's, he's definitely um, been. Um, it's just I can't actually believe how good he is. I mean, everybody was saying how great he was, and we've seen clips of him and this that, and the other, and we thought, yeah, he's going to be good. But, I mean, that, as, as you rightly say there, Melvin, that, that's been three of the best first three games any Arsenal players had. Probably, I can't remember a player coming in, that, especially that young. Their first three games, almost in match. Yes, he got the own goal against Leicester. I, I don't necessarily think that was his fault overall. You know, he didn't get much help, did he, around him? But, you know, he's had virtually three faultless games. And, I mean, I still, I've watched that goal that he scored on Saturday probably 50 times, just on repeat. It's just, 
you know, what an unbelievable finish. That's the finish of a player that knows they're good. Do you know what I mean? They know how good they are. You get the ball on your left foot, your weaker side technically, and he just goes, okay, I'm just going to chip this in the top corner. The way he did it, he kind of jumped almost as he kicked it, didn't he? It was just like, what a fantastic goal. I mean, that's, if that doesn't win gold in a month, then there's something seriously wrong because that was just incredible. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Sean, what, what have you been making of Salibling? I mean, you know, we can't really say anything bad about him, can we? And now he's got a great song as well, which is even better. All we need to actually finish that song off, we need like a drummer or something in the crowd, don't we, Sean? <laughs> you know, a trumpet to, to really complete that song. I'm not going to rise to it. I'm not going to rise to it. Um, what can you say about it? Well, look, I mean, when I've been watching him, so I watched him a bit last year when he was um, on loan and he was catching the eye because basically through last season, I think it was only Eric Garcia at Barcelona that had more successful passes than he did. And on Saturday, he had 76 um, passes, all 100% accurate, which is... Um, hasn't happened for an Arsenal centre-back. So you're right to like, compare him to the likes of Keown um, since 2004. So Ooh, it's, wow. yeah. And he's, his stats, they, they kind of say, oh, one shot on target, goal, 75, uh, 76 accurate passes, 83 touches, two successful long balls, won two out of his three ground duels, won both of his aerial, two tackles, one, two clearances, two interceptions, five recoveries. You know, he's really, it's really difficult to see where he's bad at the moment. Now, obviously, the t like we said before, the teams that Arsenal have played in the first three games, it is difficult. It's going to be difficult to tell until he comes up to playing against someone like Haaland. You know, I think we might find out a little bit more maybe against Mitrovic next week, who can be a particularly difficult player to play against. Um, but he reminds me of like he's got the calmness of us this is a big name to put against him and obviously i don't expect him to live up to it anytime soon but but like franco barese this is very calm makes things look simple that aren't like you know i think it's cruyff used to say that the hardest things in football are the things that look simple and it he does that he has it and he has an air of calm about him that will set at ease gabriel Zinchenko and Ben White around him and Thomas Partey and Jack are in front of him because if you know he's going to be there, you know he's going to be calm. He's not going to do anything rash. He's not going to do anything crazy because there's, there's nothing worse than a goalkeeper or a centre-back that is just going to do something mad. And it's We've had a few of them in our time. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think all teams have at some point. And it would be my only gripe about Jordan Pickford in the England team is that he is prone to just doing something a bit crazy. Um, but it, he's he's calm. He's calm. He's had his international debut uh, last year against the Ivory Coast for France. He seems to take it all in his stride, and he won um, Young French Player of the Year last year in, in Liga yeah. One. He's he's doing it all correctly. And to be fair to Arsenal, they have dealt with him exactly correctly. You know, they've 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 let him progress at the correct speed. Got him from St Etienne from what seemed like a big price tag at the time, which could end up being buttons. Yeah, I mean, it, it's looking that way now, isn't it? I suppose mm. at the time it seemed like a lot of money for a player that for two years didn't even play 
for the team at all. So it, it, it seemed a lot of money. But yes, obviously, with hindsight, it's going to probably turn out to be uh, an absolute bargain, isn't it? It certainly seems that way at the moment with, with what we're seeing from him. And yes, it is still early days and we have to not get too carried away, even put too much pressure on him because, you know, the expectations now have, have gone through the roof, haven't they, with the performances that he's put in? I mean, that's, you know, that's I suppose that's the only downside to when you, you start your career so well. The expectation mm. for everybody goes up. Um, he's a young player. Let's let's bear that in mind. And young players do tend to have dips in form. We've seen it with, you know, we've seen it with Saka, we've seen it with Smith Rowe, oh, yeah. other young players, well, haven't we? And, and it's inevitable that at some point he will have. Well, we say it's inevitable. We would assume he's going to have a dip in form at some stage. Um, but that's irrelevant, really. What's the most important thing is we, we've seen exactly what quality he's got, and you what know, a finish. And, yeah. What a finish. It reminded me of Vieira against United, but from the other side, that loop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And a good assist from Xhaka as well. It was. Another assist from Xhaka. I think he's had uh, two assists in two games now, hasn't he? Which is already already equaled his tally from last year. One goal and two assists. Yeah, in three games. So, yeah. And I think it just goes to show, doesn't it, the, the difference in, one, his position in the pitch, which we spoke about last week, he's, he's obviously playing further forward this season anyway. Um, and also as well, as, as we mentioned with Saka, having better players in the team around him is helping him because maybe there's less pressure on him now as the experienced player because there's so many other good players there. And it's almost like he's got a bit more freedom. And I think that that's, um, you know, uh, that's a great... Yeah, great I've got to eat some... I go eat some humble pie about Xhaka because I, you know, I was one of the people that said get rid of him in the summer, and but I have always sort of stood by the fact that I've never seen him play a bad game for Switzerland. No. Now, no, no, probably because Switzerland's very organised side for anyone that's ever watched them. They're very organised. They know what they're doing and they do it that way and they don't deviate. And that looks like that's possibly what's going on here. Is that it's more organised. You've got better players around you. You know that it's not all on you mm. when you're the old, like for a long time, he's, he's seemingly been the oldest uh, member of the side. And that's yeah. a lot of pressure to take if everyone around you is like under 21. Um, it is. It is. I mean, you, you mentioned that. You say you, he's never had a bad game for Switzerland. To be honest, I don't think he's ever really had a bad game for Arsenal. He's just made mistakes in games, which doesn't yeah. mean he's, he's had a bad game. He's just done a few crazy things, which we all know about. Um so I think he's been very steady and consistent in his performances. He very rarely um, has a terrible game. He very rarely has an outstanding game. Well, he hasn't done. This season, he's looked a lot a lot better. But, you know, I've always liked Granit Xhaka and I've always kind of appreciated what he does for the team and how important he's been. And it's good now that he's actually producing performances that are making everybody take note of how, of how good he can be and how good he's been. And I do think the role in the team and the better players around him has helped. Switzerland, as you say, they're very organised. He played a slightly different role for Switzerland than he had done for Arsenal. And now he's maybe played more yeah. of that role for us. And it probably suits him a lot more and he's a lot more comfortable there. Um, I mean, Neil, going back to, uh, obviously, um, our man... Uh, William Saliba, I mean, he's just been an absolute um, breath of fresh air, hasn't he? Just everything about him has just been fantastic. In terms of his little beard's fantastic, everything. He's just, you know, he's amazing, isn't he? And he's now got, I say, this great song as well. What do you, what do you make of that song? It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, well, they've all got a chance, though, haven't they? Even Jack has got a chance. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, what's going on with the Arsenal? What is going on with the fans? They've uh, oh, yeah. turned from this uh, everyone hating each other and so all of a sudden there's so much love in the air. Not sure if there's uh, some kind of uh, uh, good field pills going around the stadium, but it's something going on for sure. But wow, um, no, um, Saliba is just—he's uh, going to 
Uh, move over Van Dyke. He's the next uh, big thing in the Prem, that's for sure. 100%. He's, we've had Berenzi, we've had Van Dyke. I mean, wow, we've had Keogh and Tony Adams uh, mentioned. And I think well. with good reason, and I think with good reason, and I think I think just as impactful as um, someone at the front, like Hayes, what Jesus has been doing, he's, for the opposite reason, has been just as impactful at the back, but he's just a lot more quieter because he's just so... He's so composed and cool about it, as you guys have just alluded to. Is and that is rubbing off on all the other players. I think I think Jesus's impact has made had had the had that influence on the other players to raise their game. Likewise, yeah. everyone at the back has also done the same. And it's just it's just such a great time for us fans because, as I said earlier, we, we just we just seem to be working, uh, you know, running running working the channels and and doing everything right. We've got the identity teams are fearing us now. And, you know, and, and I think um, we all now look forward to the next game. I, I, there was a time where I was dreading the next game. Because I thought, oh, what's going to, are we even going to score a goal? We've already scored, yeah. how many goals now? Is it nine goals in the nine, first three games? Yeah, we're scoring, we're games. scoring three a game. I think last season it took six games to score six or something, or something stupid or eight games to score six. Yeah, it's just a complete role reversal. Um, and Saliba, my goodness me, I mean, I... I what can you say about the boy that people haven't already said? It's just, it's you can't lord on him any more in the superlatives. We're running out of superlatives. I can't say that word, superlatives. Um, and even that goal, it's just, I think Sean, you summed it up. It's just, it's the epitome of what he is. It's just the way he took it, his confidence, his composure. I mean, yeah, he then... I think he was Sinchenko's reaction was amazing. I think Sinchenko's reaction That's summed right, it up yeah. all of us. I mean, yeah. we were everyone yeah. was like, I, I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, it was, it, it, you know, he's a monster at the back, and lo and behold, he's also a world class striker. I mean, what, what, you know, <laughs> he could do everything. We put stick him up front one one day, see what happens. I think <laughs> because he's got the pace, isn't he? He looks, it, it looks deceiving. You see him running around, you think. Is he, is he going to get there? But he just does it, and he does it. He's got a long such... strike. He's got a long strike, yeah. hasn't he? So he makes up ground quite quickly, doesn't he? Which, but it's almost you know, like he works in like... slow motion, but he's not. Yeah. It's just so yeah. weird watching him. He's, cool, and... he's, he's just calling like back, and yeah. he just knows he's going to get there. So don't panic. I'll get there. Don't worry. No, and nothing ruffles him. And again, you no. know, if you've got that kind of player in your team, of course, everyone else is going to think, God, if I, you know, what if I make a mistake today? Oh no, don't worry. We've got. Saliba there to mop up. It's I, I, you know what it reminds me. I'm going back a bit here, so maybe Sean, you're a bit too young, but I remember. Do you remember that season where we only let in? Was it 18 goals all season? I can't remember who. What, what, no, what year it was. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. And you know, it was it, we were we were so good at the back. Um, mm. It was almost like even if the uh, the opposing team breached the back, you had like you had a great goalkeeper behind them. And yeah. this is what's happening with Saliba. If he manages to get through. It gets through our midfield, which is obviously working so well now as well. And then you've got someone like Saliba to, to, to contend with. Then you've got Ramsdale behind him. I mean, it's just, they're all feeding off each other. Now, I do agree with you. I'm not going to, I, I know I say we're going to win the league and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I'm not getting carried. I'm, I'm, I'm end of the day, I'm enjoying the moment. And why not? It's been a long yeah, time yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly. but, but, but the point is, yes, we will have to wait and see how he does against the Hallands and all these, you know, uh, the Salas of this world. And we're going to have to wait and see how he copes with all that. But to be honest, with the evidence of what we've seen so far, I don't think he's going to let us down. I think he's going to still carry on doing what he's doing. I don't think he worries about who he's up against. He just plays the no. game as it is and as he sees it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think that is the biggest thing. And that's the best thing that, you know, you can do as a player. Don't worry about who's, what, the, what the name is on the front of their shirts. Just play the game. 
Can I just, can I just say something, Richard? I don't yeah, think many, many um, teams play with two up front. I think that Gabriel takes that guy. I think Saliba just seems to be a bit more of a sweeper. So I think yeah. that's, that's why it works so well. And also, to your point, Neil, he doesn't run, he lopes, doesn't he? That's where that's his style. He, he, you don't see his legs don't seem to move. He's like a, a giraffe loping, getting to the next one. You know, <laughs> yeah. fantastic. No, he is. And I think just just because of the, maybe the way he moves around the pitch, he kind of glides around, doesn't he? So he doesn't look as though he's overstretching himself, but he doesn't need to. And that's part of being a great defender, isn't it? Great defenders don't need to make sliding tackles and do this and the other because they're just in the right place. They just read the game and that tends to out what he's done. I mean... It's, it's, sorry, it's like, it's like a graceful ice skater, isn't he? Like, Torvald, yeah, he probably could go, is, and, go yeah. on and, and probably become the next Torvald in Dillian, you know, in one. It's just like ridiculous. He's so graceful yeah. as well, with it? No, he very is. Graceful. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what he, he does look very graceful the way he kind of glides about the pitch. Brilliant, brilliant to watch. And I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, um, you know, the, the three new players that's come in, and we will call Saliba a new player, although we've had him for, for three years. It's his first time in the team. You know, three players have come in, you know, and other other teams in, in, in the past have, have brought in, you know, less players, more players. But we bought not many teams. Can you have had three new players come in? All of them have such a massive big impact so quickly, all at the same time, and have made such a difference, transformed the way the team plays. Normally, that would take, it would take, you'd expect, yes, I know Zinchenko and Jesus who played in the Premier League before, but you would expect at least one of them to take time to settle in and maybe need three or four months to settle in. Or you'd expect one of them to maybe not be quite, in tune with the rest of his teammates or whatever it is and, and not quite settle into the team. But to get three of them straight away, bang, from day one, hitting the ground the way that they have it. And not only that, for their individual performances, but just the way they've transformed the team, completely transformed the team. We look like, we don't even look like the same team that finished last season. You know, we're going to come on to the documentary in a minute, but we don't look like the same team. It's a, and yeah, it's only three players that's different. All the others are the same players, but they're all, they're all almost, their deficiencies from last season have been, swept away by these three new players it seems it's obviously more to it than that but i mean what an impact three new players like that it's just absolutely incredible i've never i've never known it before like that really just just brilliant um, i think just don't forget squadron mustafi of course how could we possibly forget squadron mustafi i mean you know he's he's in he's in our heads forever isn't he we'll never forget squadron mustafi of course um Ken also says uh, the area where saliva can improve is his aerial prowess um gabriel is is a bit shorter but my better in the air he's very young so let's give him time to develop maybe that's not what his role's been in the team maybe gabriel's told to attack the ball in the air and he's as melvin said sweeping up behind and i think maybe that's why i still think he's you know i don't think he's bad in the air i don't think he's lost the header i've seen but i don't know i haven't really been i don't really pay much i haven't really noticed his heading ability because you don't have to because of how great he is with the balls at his feet and when he's you know stopping other players coming through um uh, James is in the chat. How are you doing, mate? Thanks for tuning in. He said, Evening, Rich, Melvin, um, Sean, and uh, Double Shift Neil. Oh, was you, was you doing something else earlier? You know, he said, is it, is it time and a half on podcast today? Well, you know, he's he's a busy boy. That's, that's, that's fine. Um, and Kiddo says, uh, Granite Pilo. Well, he seems to be at the moment, doesn't he? Um, says they're uh, playing a bit further forward as a box to box eight rather than sitting deep as a, as a six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what, that's what we were talking about before. Um, and Kiddo says, uh, if White and Tommy Asu were both fit, who would start at right back? Well, we'll soon find out, I suppose. Um, he says he'd stick with, with Ben. Um, I agree with Melvin. I don't think Ben White is a natural right back. Tommy Asu is a natural right back. You play the stronger player in that position. Um, Ben White's done nothing really wrong, 
But ultimately, he's only filling in, hasn't he? He's filling in for an injury in that position. And as soon as that player's back fit again, Tommy Asu should come in. I mean, Melvin, you'd, you'd agree with that, I'm assuming? 100%. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. He gives us a little bit more going forward as well. I know he did very well on Saturday. Yeah. Making one of the goals and could have made another one had he... He's not, he's not a natural, is he? He's not a natural. No, no exactly. I, I agree. Sure. What, what would you what would you say? Obviously, you know, Tommy Asu's not far from being fit now. He's come on last two games. He's getting there, isn't he? It's not going to be long until he's ready to start a game. What would you do? I think you play the right players in the right positions. It's, I think Ben White's doing well. Don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not knocking him. But like Melvin said, he comes up against like a, you know, like a uh, a, a right winger. Oh, sorry, a left winger is really at it. He, it could have a lot of problems. Um, also, I mean, looking forward, and it's just sort of like looking over the horizon a little. You've got World Cup coming up later this year, and Tommy Asu, if it will be going, um, if you've got a right back that or someone in Ben White who's a right back who can fill in, then all the better. Um, I know obviously the season's being stopped, but we come on, we know that they ain't all coming back straight away. Um, especially they won't, they won't nah. be fit. They'll need a break, won't they? Most of them, especially exactly. the ones that go further into the competition. That's why, looking around the squad, I think Arteta has actually been quite clever or shrewd with the backups that he's brought in to have depth in the squad because knowing that maybe at least half of them won't go to the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I think it's it's a good option. Well, it's a good option for Ben White because it means he's going to probably get more game time in the team than he might have done because, you know, he can play in, in the two positions now. Um, but yeah, I think you, you play, as you said, you play your proper player in your proper position. And, and Tommy Asu yeah. is our natural right back when he's fit. I would put him straight back in the team. And I feel a bit sorry for Ben White being left out. But that's the unfortunate nature of it. His centre-back spot's been taken by Saliba, who's played so well you can't leave him out so unfortunately that's just football isn't it and I'm sure he will get plenty of chances I mean Neil what would you do would you stick with Ben or would you obviously Tommy it's not going to be long now is it till Tommy Asu's ready to start a game what what would you do you know well we've been playing would you stick with what we've got or would you change it don't often disagree with Melvin I don't think I ever disagree with him but I'm, I'm I might do this time because I I, I hear what you're saying and you have to play your best players in all positions I look I'm I'm, I'm a stalwart for that but actually, at the moment, why try and fix something that ain't broken? It's working. All right, we, we let in a couple of goals against um, uh, Leicester. But to be honest, up and, apart from that, it's working. And I, I'm a kind of, I'm about 75-25. 75% at the moment say, don't change it. That's our starting 11 at the moment. The others have got to fight and prove themselves to get bad in. And, you know, that's saying something. When would we ever said Emil Smith-Rowe's got a fight to get in the team? Tommy Asu, you know, people like that who, Tierney, for example, you know, we've got all these great players to come back in who were, who were you know, would, we wouldn't have even blinked an eyelid last last season for it. I just think that, and, and, I, and I'm not I'm not one to worry about what it does to a, a player's mentality. I think Ben White's professional enough to accept it if he's, you know, he's pushed aside for someone like Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu, I love him. I mean, he, he, he came on came jumped off a plane and he started playing brilliantly right from right from the off he's another one like what you said earlier talking about the three that have just adjusted to work playing for arsenal so quickly tommy asu was another one of those so mm. look, I've, I've got no doubts and no worries about him replacing ben white i just think it's not broken at the moment Let, let's just see what happens i mean um I, I can see him still starting for the next couple of games at least i mean it'll be interesting to see what he does going beyond that but It'll be interesting one to see, but I, I'm kind of 75-25 in 
White's favour at the moment. So that's, that's my take on it. Well, I mean, he's not done too much wrong, has he? And you're saying it, we're coming up against a, a, an informed winger, but I mean, he, he kept uh, Zaha pretty quiet for Crystal Palace, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago? So, you know, yeah. there's not too many better left, left-sided wingers in, in the league, is there, than, than Zaha? And he's, he's been in good form this season, as we've seen. So, um, but yeah, I, I still would be tempted to put Tommy Asu straight back in when he's ready to start, just because it's that, that's what you buy a natural right-back for, isn't it? To play right-back in the team, not a centre-back to play there when it's not his natural uh, position. James says there, I'd keep Ben in, uh, don't change a winning side, uh, plus he's done nothing wrong so far. No, he hasn't done anything wrong, particularly, no. Um, plenty of games coming up, five subs as well. Uh, they'll get games, don't worry. Yeah, they will. And, you know, you, you don't change your winning team. Obviously, that's something that we all kind of probably agree with, but it is a long season. There's a lot of games and the team's going to have to be changed. We can't play the same start 11 all the way through the season, can we? So there are going to be changes and that would seem to be the most obvious change, wouldn't it, when Tommy Asu's fit, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've got an issue at left-back as well, haven't we, with Kieran Tierney and, uh, and Zinchenko because, you know, um, Kieran Tierney's not got straight-back in the team, now he's fit. and But then Zinchenko is more of a natural left-back, isn't he, I suppose, and Ben White's a natural right-back, I guess. So um, there, there's that as well. Um so Kiddo says, uh, um, if you want a natural right back, what about Hector? Well, yeah, I mean Hector is perhaps his days are uh, numbered, aren't they? Let's be honest. Um, as much as we as much as we love him, um, Kiddo says, uh, big credit uh, to Saliba, but let's not criticise Ben to praise Saliba. No, no, we, we don't need to do that at all. Absolutely not. Uh, he says Ben's been a fantastic signing, and Gabriel <laughs> is one of the best uh, bank for buck signings. No, 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 fantastic. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Gabriel was our best defender probably last season, wasn't he, over, over the course of the whole season. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, he's been a great signing. I know, I mean, you, we don't need to criticise Ben White to praise Saliba. I, I want to praise <laughs> him. Uh, but ultimately, if, if we're going to play with the with the sort of back four, you'd imagine that at the moment in form, Saliba would play alongside Gabriel with Tommy Asper right back. That would be your back four with probably Zinchenko at left back because that seems to be our best back four at the moment. But... You know, as as James said, as we've said, you don't change a winning team. And I'm sure uh, we won't make too many changes for Saturday, which we will um, look at. Before we get on to Saturday's game, though, we, we did finish off the, well, I'm sure we all finished off the little documentary thing that's been going about. So let's sort of talk about the final two episodes and the, the finale, the grand finale, as it were, which was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Bravo. Now, obviously, these were the two episodes where, I mean, you know, without giving any spoiler away, we did kind of know what was going to happen. Um, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't much fun watching a lot of it, to be fair, because of, we, you know, what happened on the pitch, essentially. Um, and for me, it was a little bit like the first few episodes. as a, the, the ones in the middle seemed more personal with the players, whereas this one was, again, like the first few episodes, more about the games themselves because of, it was coming up to the end of the season. Um, a few things still leave me baffled with our te- uh, some of his chats he gives to the team and the, the pre-match stuff. I'm scratching my head thinking, what on earth are you doing? Um, and obviously, we know the disasters that happened at Tottenham and Newcastle, which were pretty well documented in, in, in the programme, which wasn't great to see again. Um, I still say that, that Newcastle game was the worst Arsenal performance I've ever seen in my entire life. And w- what the reasons were behind that, we still don't really know, do we? Um, it seems like half-time, Jack was the only one who seemed bothered, actually, didn't he? And at the end as well, he was the only one who seemed bothered by the terrible performance from the team, um, which was disappointing. I'd have expected them all to be like that. But what I noticed from the whole series is that they didn't really focus too much on the emotions of the players 
when it comes to the matches, really. One or two little bits and pieces. But for me, I wanted to see more from the players. You know, Nicolas Pepe was basically... There was one game when he came in, he just sort of... He was just sitting down. He hadn't, he hadn't come on. He had his he had his kit on, his tracksuit and all that kind of stuff on, sitting in the corner. And it's like, you know, there was nothing from the players, really, in, in the match situation, apart from Xhaka occasionally with a little bit of stuff. I mean, Erdegaard kicked a few water bottles and stuff when we lost games. But I don't know. I wanted to see a little bit more of that, really, to find out exactly how the players feel. Because to me, it looked as though they didn't care enough. And that's disappointing for me. Clearly, they do care. We've seen that this season. But then some of those clips made it look as though they didn't care enough. It almost seems like Arteta didn't care enough. He was like, you know, oh, I put an arm around the players when they lost at Tottenham. It's like, no, he didn't seem to understand the, the gravity of that. One, it's losing to Tottenham, which is bad enough on, in isolation. But losing to Tottenham in that game, at, which meant that much, he didn't seem to be too... I expected more of a, I don't know, before the game and after the game. He, he seemed a little bit like, I don't know, I was disappointed in his reaction, actually, Arteta's to that game. Because I was angry watching it back again, three months later. You know, at the time, how angry we were. And he didn't seem as though he was particularly angry. And I don't know, I, I just, I wanted to see more emotion from everybody, really, around all that kind of, when we completely, like, lost, lost the plot. And, and why did we? You know, we still don't know what happened at Newcastle. Why was that so bad? I wanted to. I thought they were going to tell us a little bit more about that maybe there were some reasons behind it. You know, whether some of the players not fit. I mean, we knew Ben White was struggling at that particular time, but they didn't really go into all that, did they? I mean, Melvin, what did you make of those two? Because it left a lot of things unanswered for me that I was hoping to get a few more answers. I was a bit disappointed. Um, holding, actually, it opened my eyes for holding. Everyone, everyone says he's, uh, you know, he's hundred percent and he's a nice lad and all that. But I was very, very good. Well, he's back in that dressing room after letting the team down. And very, um, it, was, it, it was all about him. He actually started having a go. I'm one-on-one. -on -one. Well, if you're one-on-one -on -one with someone, you don't fancy it. Open him out from the pitch, not in the dressing room after you've been sent off. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I said, well, you know, it's your fault, mate. Everyone, all the Arsenal supporters, could see what was going to happen after your first booking. If you were too yeah. far off the pitch, you were too close, you're, you know your best football, mate, is when you're in the box, hitting everything and kicking everything. You're not a midfield player. Don't try and adapt to being a midfield player to mark somebody. Please don't do that. That will disappoint you with. And also, what really kind of got a damper on things as well for me is that it reminded me how easily this team can fall apart and get destroyed. Newcastle destroyed us. Right? Spurs were slightly different. Things didn't go our way against Spurs. I think we're slightly, well, very unfortunate with the penalty. It was our own main for stepping off, right? But we didn't get destroyed until we went two down when we had the 10 men as well. Apart from that, the first 20 odd minutes, we were okay. Palace away destroyed us. What was all that about? And what I want to know, we've improved. Don't get off. Unbelievable improved. But have we still got that little crack that when it opens, it becomes a, a chasm? I do not want that. If we can get stop that, if we can go 1-0 down at people, whoever they are, Liverpool, man, whoever it is, and still have a chance, that's what I want. Because it seems too easy that when we play the great teams, the very good Manchester Cities and Liverpools, and also some not so great teams we play, we go one nil down at their ground, like the Newcastle and Palace, and we just go, you know what, my words, yours. Over there we go. No excuses, those. You can't say we're unlucky against Palace. 
You can't say we're unlucky against Newcastle. Tore us a new one, actually. As you say, Brighton at home. Or, or Brighton at home. Or Southampton away. We wasn't yeah, unlucky against yeah. them, then. Yeah, I'm like sitting there thinking, what is going on? And back to your point, Richard, why he wasn't so upset, Arteta. I think he said something in that documentary in the dressing room. He basically said the next game is Newcastle. He actually thought we've got another chance here. It's not over. Yeah, he, he didn't did, realize. He did. But even so, I, I, it's Tottenham, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's Tottenham. I know, I know. Listen, I, I'm liking with him saying that. I don't think like that. That's not the idea, is it? You, you don't get beat at home at Tottenham or away at Tottenham in an ordinary league game and think it don't matter. We got, we got, we got. Charlton or wherever it is next week, or yeah, you know, no, or Chelsea, yeah. or it doesn't know it's irrelevant who we got next week. We've lost the big one, and, and it was a big one, it was a, probably one of the biggest yeah. ones ever. And he's saying to the boys about we've got Newcastle, dang, and didn't he realize what mentally how they were destroyed on that pitch as well? About things yeah. going against them, and the crowd must have been I mean, I wasn't there, thank god, the crowd must have been horrendous for them. That experience. Yeah. Would have killed most teams, and he's expecting us to win against Newcastle. I didn't actually expect it. I mean, I, not because I thought Newcastle were that good and they were good against us, mm. but I thought we'd get. You know, I thought we'd be struggling then to get a win. I'd be lucky to get a draw before the game because of what that game must have taken out of them. And you knew we've run out of gas anyway. In all fairness, we weren't getting stronger at the end of the season, were we? No. We get, you know, with a Ben White situation, other players were playing at 90, 85%. Not their fault, they're just giving it all and then run out a bit of gas. So, yeah, I was disappointed with mm. that. Um, but the whole overall, the um, all or nothing, I did enjoy it, actually. I did enjoy it, you know. But we had to go through the bad times to, to uh, appreciate the good times. So, I mean, it. To be honest, it's probably better. I mean, I've never really thought we should have done it in the first place. But anyway, um, I suppose it's better that we did it in a season like that as opposed to, say, a season when we it's a successful season. Because the Man City one was boring, I thought, because they were winning every week. And it's like, what do you, no one wants to watch that, do they? Do you know what I mean? It actually made it maybe better TV for other fans to watch, not for us necessarily, because there were certain parts of that I just didn't like at all. And I didn't like the way it finished. And I didn't like the fact that I say too many things didn't get covered up without too much talked about it and yeah and obviously Arteta's some of his um some of the stuff that he does is baffling quite honestly but you know it's the modern way maybe and that's maybe I don't understand it but anyway um you know at the moment that we can't sort of criticize too much about it but this is obviously last season and we can because last season was a bit of a disaster in the end I mean um Sean what did you make of the document obviously the last two episodes of it but overall I don't know, it was a little bit, you know, they say it was all or nothing, and to me it was nothing really. What they showed us was basically nothing, apart from a couple of episodes in the middle where we went into players' homes and Arteta's home. Other than that, it was basically nothing, wasn't it, I thought? Well, I mean, a couple of things with it. I've never watched one of these things, even going right back to Premier Passions of Sunderland, if, if anyone ever remembers that. Uh, I've never watched one of these things where I haven't walked away going, what are they doing? What, like, how is there so much money and they don't know what they're doing? Yeah. Like, and it, to be honest with you, the bigger the company, that when you get these fly on the wall things, it seems to be even worse. But I mean, what I would say, what I did take away from it, and I, I had a sneaking suspicion about this anyway, but given the start that Arsenal have had to the year this year, all of the top sides have 
become mentally stronger through some negative experience. And I think there's something to be seen in that. Now, it obviously doesn't help how everyone felt about it last year because it was horrible at the end. And it was like watching a car crash slowly, which is why some of this yeah, documentary was, was yeah. difficult in to watch. In reverse, almost. Yeah. and But what I would say is that, like we said about the adding in the, the, the better players, you've also got this thing of being able to look back at that and go, oh, Christ, that was bad, wasn't it? You know, and they did. They ran out of gas. Uh, they're mentally shot by the time they reached the Tottenham game. And the Tottenham game just buried them. And it, it was just, it was near on impossible to get back. The only thing I'd say about the Arteta, because uh, when I first watched it, I thought, shouldn't you be like more annoyed than this? Mm. I mean, he was annoyed, but shouldn't you be more annoyed? Yeah. yeah, the, only yeah. Th- the only thing I could figure was that, and this is where it must be difficult being a manager sometimes is that anyone who's like got kids or grandchildren or had or nieces and nephews or had to teach a class or basically anybody that is just one generation below you and further how difficult it is to speak to those people when you need them to really listen and i don't know whether there is a thing with the generation of what these players are where if you get in their face they're just not it's not going to work, you know. I mean, look at what happened with Aubameyang without getting into it too much. But obviously, it, whatever he tried, it didn't work. So they had to get rid of him in the end. And I'm looking at the positive sort of uh, start to the season and thinking something, something obviously mentally is stronger this season because that Palace game, the first game of the season, yeah, I swear, you, 12 months yeah, they would have lost that. Yeah, I mean, you, you say that, Sean, and, and yes, it, it appears that way, but the one thing that came out of those last two episodes, particularly for me, was, you know, we, we played under pressure against Tottenham, lost. And real pressure against Newcastle, lost. No pressure against Everton, fresh them, 5-1. You know, mm. no pressure FC. And, you know, so far this season, yes, Crystal Palace in the first game was always going to be a tricky start. We knew that. Um, but certainly since then, we've had, you know, comfortable fixtures as we said you know are we are, are, are we any stronger mentally we won't really know that until one we go behind and we're playing in a hostile crowd and secondly when we're playing against better teams um, yeah. that are going to put us under more pressure we, then we'll see how strong we are mentally it's easy to be mentally strong against Bournemouth away when you're turning up in 10 minutes it's easy to be mentally strong against Leicester who've got their own problems do you know what I mean it's not so easy to be mentally strong away at Anfield with the crowd on your back or at Tottenham with the crowd going mad, or Newcastle. We saw what a tough game Newcastle away is, you know, yesterday for Man City with the crowd and stuff like that. Can we deal with that pressure? Then we'll see if we are any stronger than we were last season. You know, no, you said we, the signs we are positive, but are we really? We're not going to know, are we, yet? For another we few won't weeks. know. We won't know until we see it. I mean, the only thing I would say, like trying to look on the positive side of it, was it reminded me of... Do you remember City losing... Um, I mean, this is we're looking at probably about 10, 12 years ago. Lost, uh, lost out on fourth place to Spurs. Peter Crouch scored the yeah. winner for him. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, and City came back the following year, and it, that that was the turning point for them. That was the moment when everything turned around. You know, they they it wasn't the went, money then, it wasn't the money that turned it around. They already had the money, <laughs> they, that was the thing, they already had the money. But like we see with Liverpool and we see with City from the beginning and 
even if you look at Arsenal now and having to clean the slate and start again, and this is a problem that United are having in the long run, until you actually stop, accept where you are and go, no, everything has to be done from the bottom to the top properly, you can't do it. You can throw money at it, but mm. if you buy the wrong players and you don't have the right people doing the right jobs, you're going to get the same result. Yeah. No, 100%. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, we've seen it happen at our club as well, as much as anywhere else, yeah. haven't we, in, in recent yeah. years. So, you know, it's, it's been something that we've had to suffer. Um, I mean, Neil, I know you would have enjoyed those last two episodes as you enjoyed the previous six as well. Um, but did you not feel a little bit a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more, it wasn't more in-depth? We didn't get more answers, maybe, for some of those questions that we had about the way the season finished? Or was you kind of quite happy with what they showed us? No, I know what you mean. I think um, I, th- I agree. I mean, I enjoyed, I actually enjoyed the first three episodes and I enjoyed the next three episodes. Mm-hmm. But the way the next three, I think, I think you're, you are onto something, Richard, so I'm not going to disagree with you. I think the next three episodes were a bit more personal, personable. Mm-hmm. And, and I did like that. I've I, I mentioned it to you, I, I think, on the pod that uh, seeing a little bit more background with Shaka and Arteta and seeing their respective wives and their home life. Mm-hmm. And it made me endeared to them a lot more. And that mm-hmm. was nice. Um, that was the idea, though, wasn't it? Two, two people that have been quite vilified, the manager and Xhaka, yeah. and they're the ones yeah. that they wanted you to like by doing that, I think. Yeah. Whereas all the other yeah. players, they didn't do much on Aubameyang, did they? You know what I mean? They didn't try and make us like Aubameyang, for example. They didn't try and make us like Lacazette particularly or Nicolas Pepe or anybody else, did they? They didn't do that for them. It was certain players that they picked out and the, the, the two most unpopular people probably last season for the majority of it is Arteta and Xhaka, isn't it? Yeah. And they picked those two for that reason, I think. But you're right. I, I love that as well. That was great. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, because of what happened at the end of the season, I thought they might just carry on with a bit more of that rather than focus on <laughs> the direness of what how the season closed out. Or So, I, I um, yeah, I think I was a little bit disappointed. I, I think they were probably my two least enjoyable episodes of the eight, I have to say, mostly because of what happened. I think it's, it was yeah. it was difficult to be reminded of that and how we all felt. Not so much, you know, end of the day, look, we, I think we've all said it. Losing is obviously not nice, but if you lose with a fight and you go out mm. with your head held high, mm. I think you can kind of accept that. I mean, I, I've always said that, look, I don't mind losing, but make the other team beat you. Don't just go out with a whimper because your own naivety and your own silly mistakes yeah, and yeah. all the rest of it. Make them beat you because at least you'd say, all right, it's hard to take, especially when it's them from down the lane. But all right, on the day, they were the better team. What can we do? There's nothing much more... All our players played to the best of their ability and they lost. So I, I can kind of come to terms with that. But when you go out with a whimper, when you've got fourth literally on a plate, we had about two or three opportunities to seal fourth. It wasn't just one. And I was actually saying... Was four points, Clint, we, wasn't we? Five, four, yes, five we points were. a game in yes. hand with three games to play or something, wasn't we? Something it was, stupid. You know, we, we really it had ridiculous. it in our hands. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I remember, I think when I was looking at the last four or five games, I was actually, I didn't hear Mark the Tottenham game. It was actually the Newcastle game that I said. I think I may even said it on a podcast. I said, mm. that's the game I'm fearing the most because at the moment, they now know that it's, a, it's all official. They know that they're now the richest club in the world. They're all on a high. They were actually playing well towards the end They were playing well, season. yeah. They were playing and really I well. thought, and, you know, going to St. James's Park in any of their circumstances is a nightmare because we know that their fans are going to be brilliant. And it's going to be an oppressive. And I thought, you know what? That's the game that I'm fearing the most. So we really should have done so much more to make sure that if we did come away from that game, you know, on the on the wrong side, it wouldn't have been so impactful. But no, we, we, we had to then re- end up relying on that game and win it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go on, Melvin. 
No, I'm so sorry, Neil. Just to make a point that the, what I'm with you, I, I fear the Newcastle game more than the Spurs game because I yeah. thought when we play Spurs, they've got to attack us. We can be a bit clever here. Let them come on to us. We weren't that clever. <laughs> we played yeah, totally yeah. the wrong game, and it was a very frustrating. With Newcastle, you don't know what you're going to get. But with Spurs, yeah. Spurs yeah. do not like attacking teams. They like to play on the break. And if we, with their crowd, stop them scoring for a period of time, as time went on and on and on, they get more up the crowd getting their back. I thought we'll have an opportunity. But no, we went straight at their throat for 20 minutes. Didn't work. Got a little bit unlucky in it all. We just went rules of cotton, didn't it? But that's what I, I didn't understand. We I didn't understand how. I mean, how many players has Son had? It's wrong phrasing, but how many players have been sent off because of the way Son plays? In terms of like, he could be on your shoulder and he's like a fly going around. Yeah, yeah. that is Arteta's fault. That should yes. have been something that should have been gone over during the week and really been like, you need to be careful about this guy. You need to stand off him a bit. You need to basically. Mm. You know, you need to harry them into position, even if it's you and with another defender. It seemed like they just reminded me of like a, a small company that lots of people have run in sick, and it's like we don't know what to do. And he was like, "I was left on my own, one on one." Were you yeah, a that defender? Was... <laughs> That's yeah. what you're supposed your to job. do. It's literally your job is to is to be a defender. Exactly. Yeah, I know, but yeah. Madness, really, but anyway, you know, I, I agree with you. It, it was, it looked like bad preparation. I mean, it, it, I remember that game. I remember I was doing a watch time of the game, and Rob Holding got booked in the first 10 minutes or so. And before that, he'd already committed about five fouls, yeah. and the booking was inevitable. So, what you've got to do as a manager is either take him off because it's like if he's done 10 fouls already, he's, he's one more away now, take him off, or at least take him off of Son and put someone else there, put Gabriel on him or whoever yeah. it was. I don't know if Gabriel was playing, but whoever it was. But do something. Don't just leave it. Because if you leave it and do nothing, what's going to happen? It was obvious. Everybody knew Rob Holden was going to get sent off in that game. Everybody knew. Half an hour, 10 minutes, 20 minutes before he got sent off. He could see it coming. If we could yeah. see it coming, why couldn't he on the sideline and do something to stop it? You know, would that have made a difference in the end? We're already, what, 1-0, 2-0 down, whatever it was. You know, I don't know. But ultimately, it was poor management in that particular one game. 1-0 when he went off. It was 1-0. Yeah. Was it 1-0? Yeah. Well, there you go. No. Well, we're still in the game then, wasn't we? At 1-0, you're still in the game. He went off right? from the corner, funnily enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he... Did he even get half an hour in? No, I don't think it was. No. I don't think it was. But we, no. we saw it coming, didn't we? All of us saw it coming. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was allowed to happen. And, you know. Oh, it's anyway. a slow-mo car crash. It was, yeah, in in reverse, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, crazy, really. And we've had a we've had a few comments come in. And Kilo says there, that Newcastle performance was atrocious. Yeah, I, I think it's the worst I've ever seen Arsenal play ever in my entire life. But I may be wrong. It's just that's the one that... I can remember the most. Um, hang on, my mouse is just broke. There we go. Uh, Kiddo says, uh, the money we got from that documentary was equivalent of the money generated from the Europa League qualification. Oh, so maybe they wasn't bothered if we got in or not then, because they had the money anyway, maybe. Maybe they wasn't fussed, really, because it didn't seem like they were particularly, did it? But anyway. Um, Steven says there, um, that uh, that team from last season, um, look at it and now look at us. Yeah, with a forward, what a difference. Yeah, we were playing with last season with 10 Yeah, it seems that way. Now, what? Jesus has brought us in relation to what we had up front last season. Um, and uh, Steve said, last season, Uber and Lacquer, it wasn't, they couldn't do what Arteta wanted because um, they 
have for their new clubs. Well, they've been scoring goals for their new clubs, yeah. Uh, they just wouldn't do it, and they left the youngsters carry the team. Yeah, I must admit, Lacazette's attitude in that documentary didn't go oh. down well with me, actually. Very, very poor attitude, I thought he had, to be fair. Um, Stephen says there as well, and um, people's opinions and thoughts uh, must have changed on Arteta because no matter what, you can see how much he loves the club, yep, the high standards and, uh, and he, he expects, and you can see what it means to him to win it. Well, no, you can, but then we all feel like that, and we're not... We don't, that doesn't necessarily make us good enough to be manager of Arsenal, does it? We've all got high expectations for the club. We all know what it means. We all love Arsenal winning. But does that mean we're qualified enough to be manager of Arsenal? No. It does that mean Arteta is... I still, I've still got doubts from that documentary, I've got to be honest. More doubts about certain aspects of the way he coaches the team, the way he manages the players. Um, but ultimately, at the minute, we're winning games and I don't care because that's ultimately what it's about. Uh, can, um, can I just... Yeah, yeah so can I can I can I just say, I mean yeah I mean I, I I was I was just about to say that look overall as I said I, I I wasn't too I wasn't as happy with the last two episodes but that was simply because of the way season ended it's nothing to do with the documentary itself I think the, I think it could have been more personal because we all know what happened everyone knows what happened in the season yeah. we need to be reminded of that but you know I think overall for me this is just a personal opinion uh, Rich I was like you, like I said before, I wasn't keen on it. I thought the timing was wrong. I thought we're, we should be focusing. I'll never ever, I keep repeating the same thing and I'll keep saying it. I'll never forget that interview or that documentary that they did with Tony Adams. And he said, during, from August to May, all you think about is football, nothing else. And I think it was almost having a dig at today's social media and what the players get up to after they finish the game and they do the Instagram stuff and this, that. And I suppose that's just the way the, the way the life is now. I, I get it. But he was saying, you just focus on football. But then after May, do what you want the next few three, four months. And I, I just thought that the documentary came at a time when we were really in a, in, it's our, you know, one of our best opportunities to get back into the Champions League for a very long time. It's hard graft for us. It was it's certainly from from last season and going backwards. It's been really hard graft for us. But we had a really good opportunity. Focus on that. You know, obviously it did. Melvin, you were right. It did focus on the contract with Arteta as well. And I just thought yeah. we could have done without them. So when it was all taking place, the filming was taking place, and we were hearing about it, I was like you, Rich. I thought this is ridiculous. What are Arsenal? What are the club doing? But actually, again, I use that word insightful. Having watched it, it has. It gave us a better insight as to the club. As I said, I've warmed and endeared more to Arteta and Jacker, and I never thought I'd say that. I was, I was like many other people when he did that, had that hissy fit at Crystal Palace game. I wanted him out of the club. I thought, how dare you disrespect the badge the way you did? And all right, I know he got hell from the fans, and there's no excuse for what the fans were saying to him. No excuse at all. But at the end of the day, you are still supposed to be the leader of this club, and you've got to carry that responsibility in a professional way. And I wanted him out of the club at that time. And I have to, I've got egg on my face now. I think now he's got to the stage where he's not only undroppable currently, but he's actually, you know, he's starting to win the fans over. He's, as I said at the top of the podcast, he's actually got a chant now as well, which I never, never thought I'd see the day. So, and I, I just feel uh, that it just gave us a little bit more into the club and the team. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do seasons two and three. I mean, I, I hope not. I think let's leave it at that. Um, but oh, you answer. know, I, I, I think, I think, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say now I've warmed to it rather than be opposed to it as I was at the start, and that's that's what I've taken away from it. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. I mean, I, I think most people seem to have enjoyed it overall. Most Arsenal fans, I mean, obviously our fans from other clubs would have loved it, I'm sure. Um, but even Arsenal fans, most Arsenal fans that I've spoken to about it, seem to have quite enjoyed it in one way or another. Um, and uh, yeah, it wasn't it. 
you know, it started off kind of, I, I didn't like it in the beginning. It kind of grew on me a little bit more. But ultimately, it was edited in a way to make us like Arteta. It was edited in a way to make us like Xhaka. Um, and I don't know, I'm not taking too much from it other than what it was really, which was, um, you know, a TV, a TV show. Um, and most of the stuff I wanted to see, I didn't get to see because they didn't show it. So, um, you know, but ultimately I understand why people enjoyed it because it is an insight, as, as Kiddo says, it's an insight documentary has helped mend the relation between fans and the club. Um, it had more pros and cons for sure. I mean, that was kind of happened before the documentary came out anyway, throughout last season, didn't it? I think that that was, that was getting better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, it's not going to have done any harm in that sense, is it? Because people watch things on telly and that they believe that's the reality when it isn't. It's the reality they want you to see. And that's fair enough. But ultimately, it is what it is. It, it was enjoyable in parts. It was cringy in other parts. It was hiding behind the sofa in other parts. But ultimately, it was it was a few hours of telly that we all watched. So, um, you know, Amazon got what they wanted, which is getting people to watch it. It was the number one viewed um, documentary on the telly, wasn't it? Um, Stephen says there, the Man United game, he says, Man United just hit the post, apparently, nearly scored and matching Liverpool. Liverpool and Trent aren't playing that good. Well, Liverpool have started slowly, haven't they, in the season? So, it's, it's a relegation battle, those two. You know, while we're sitting top of the league, Liverpool, Man United battling it out for the bottom three, which is nice to see. Um, Stephen says it was the same... Um, with Edu, yeah, I think you're probably right. It was a little bit, I agree. Um, and Kiddo says, there, what do you all think of Telemans? Would you prefer someone else or is he perfect? Well, we, we spoke about Telemans before. Obviously, last week we played Leicester and stuff. Well, if we get him, he'd be an extra man in the squad. I don't think it's what we need at this moment. But if we get him free or cheap, then we'll have him. But I don't know. Um, not necessarily... Not the priority, is he, at the moment, really, for us. I don't think what we we need. If we're going to strengthen the squad, it needs to be other type of players rather than that. But you don't often get good players available. So if we can get him, we get him, bring him in the squad, an extra player, an extra bit of quality for us. I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't want to spend loads of money on him, that's for sure. Um, obviously, there is a game at the weekend, so we need to have a look ahead to that. It seems a long way off, but as, as Neil rightly said, we're looking forward to the games at the minute because they're quite enjoyable to watch. So, But these, this is a, could be a trickyish game because uh, they've started the season pretty well, haven't they? Now, that picture there was Eddie and Ketia scoring a 95th-minute equaliser against Fulham last time that we played them. And actually, that's the nearest they've ever come to winning an away game at Arsenal because they've never won in 30 previous visits. They've never won a game at Arsenal. That's that. The Manor Ground in Plumstead at Highbury and at the Emirates in 30 visits. And that was the nearest they came, I'll say, 96 minute when Eddie and Ketty scored last time we drew one all. And they've started the season in pretty good form, haven't they? They've been look a good side. They played, they're playing well. And they've got Mitrovic, as we mentioned up front, who's banging in some goals as well. I mean, Melvin, this isn't necessarily going to be as easy a game as previous home games against Fulham have been over the years. It's, it looks like it's going to, they're going to test us, I think, certainly, aren't they? Definitely with Mitrovic. I mean, he's, they keep saying he's, he's all right in the lower division score and he can get in the top and he's been doing it. Mm. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, the old fashioned centre forward and he's uh, going be a handful on Saturday. But let's hope, you know, the minute, you know, by the time we get the book, you know, by the time he gets the ball, we're two or three out again. Um, listen, they got confidence for them. They're really playing well. But they have come up from a lower division and we mm. should be too good for them. We should be too good for them. Let's hope that happens. It'd be brilliant if they would. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I mean, you're right. We should be too good for them, yeah. But I'm, I'm like Neil. I cannot wait to go. I cannot wait to get there and, and get there before the game, take it all in, 
So I've been getting here a bit earlier for home games now after the uh, break because I didn't appreciate going to football. I used to get there a minute before the game, watch the game and go home. Now I get there a little bit before. So I'll do that again this week. Cannot wait. Take it all in. I make really a day of it. I don't live that far away, but make a day of it because it, it's just an emotional thing now, isn't it? It never used to be. It used to be a grind. hate to say that, but now it's really, really a good thing to, to do. It's brilliant. I can't, as I say, cannot wait for Sunday. Or Saturday, rather. Yeah, another 5.30 kickoff, which is a bit annoying. But anyway, I guess it's uh, can't do much about that. But yeah, it's, it is nice to be looking forward to the games again, isn't it? Because it seems like a long time um, since that's happened. As Stephen says, there may not have scored Sancho. Well, there you go. May United have beaten Liverpool 1-0. Well, um, it could be... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a shock result necessarily, but it certainly wouldn't be what everyone was, was expecting. Um, Stephen says there, Mitrovic had done it at Newcastle years ago. He was decent for them, scored a few goals. He did, yeah. I mean, um, but he's never... He's always scored... He's scored hundreds in the, in the Championship, hasn't he? But in the Premier League, he's never quite hit those good numbers that he was getting before so but this season it looks like it could be different he certainly started well he's a bit like um pookie isn't he? he scores loads in the championship and then he's you know he can get goals in the premier league but not at the same rate which you know he's just one of them sort of players isn't he um sean what, what are you kind of expecting then from from fulham on on saturday because I, I think it's going to be quite a tricky game um i'll be honest i i think i think it'd be all right because um, I looked at Fulham Brentford game, Fulham predominantly attacked down the right, like by quite some margin. And there's going to be two duels that really make the game, which will be Pereira versus Party and Mitrovic and Saliba. And I think if if Party keeps Pereira quiet, then Mitrovic won't really get a lot of sniff. I mean, Fulham were at home against Brentford and Brentford still have 13 shots on them. And altogether, I think there was only like 340 passes that Fulham made. And Arsenal were away from home and made 601. And I know these stats don't always make a game, but looking at them and sizing them up, they look prime for the way Arsenal are playing at the moment. Yeah, they do. And I mean, to be fair, Brentford are playing pretty well at the moment as well. So, you know, that, that was quite an open game, wasn't it? They both mm. attacked each other and, you know, they'd have both looked on that as a game to win. Whereas Fulham are going to come to Arsenal. If they get a draw, they'll be over the moon, won't they? They're not going to expect to win. I'm sure they'll they'll have a plan to try to get a result one way or the other. But yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to play on a counter-attack. They're going to try to get the ball to Mitrovic, get it in the box because he's strong in the air. We saw that header he got against Brentford. And yeah. You know they play a lot of crosses and they play a lot of long balls. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we're going to expect them to do. A little bit different, maybe, to the teams that we've played so far. You know, we yeah. haven't really played teams that have done that. It's a different challenge. Um, I actually think maybe Gabriel will be looking after Mitrovic, and as Melvin we mentioned before, I think Saliba might be tidying up the mess that might come as a result of that. Perhaps. Probably um, the best way around when you consider the aerial ability. Yeah, I would say so. But we'll see what happens. I mean, the, the idea is not to get the ball in, into Mitrovic much. And then it's a, not a problem, is it? You know, if he doesn't get the well, ball, yeah. doesn't get the service, he's not going to do a lot on his own, is he? So, um, but yeah, that's we are going to have to watch that. You're right. That's, that is going to be Fulham's plan. I'm sure it will. And can we deal with that? 
we should be able to, as, Mel, as Melvin rightly said, we should have the quality in our team to beat a team like Fulham that just come up out of the championship. But they used to winning games. They won the they won the league last season. Um, you get that momentum, don't you? When you when you come up, you, you're winning yeah. games. You're used to winning. They haven't lost yet this season. They they, they drew with Liverpool. Um, you know they they, they look a, a good side at the moment. So it's going to be tough. Um, Pereira's the conduit. So if they stop him, I think they stop them completely. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. But, you know, they, I think they'll be more worried about some of our players, to be fair. But anyway. We'll, yeah, I reckon. We'll, let's hope so. We'll see what I mean, Neil, what, what are you kind of anticipating from Fulham? It's going to be a, a more of a physical challenge, isn't it, perhaps, than the other games that we've had so far, possibly? Possibly. I think we're just going to have too much for them. Um, they should be fearing us, not the other way around. I don't know why we're, we're even worried about it. I, 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 can, I understand the concerns. But, you know, I, I, st- I still think... Um, uh, Palace away has been the toughest fixture so far, and we, we managed yeah. to get through that. We managed to keep Zaha quiet. Ben White did a good job on him. We'll do the same. Uh, you know, the players that have been mentioned just by you guys, I think we'll do the same. I think they're going to be more. I think we just gonna have too much for them. Backward, back in the back, middle, and the front, of course. Jesus is just going to frighten the life out of them with his, his, his abilities, Martin, and he's going to bamboozle them down the left. Um, I, you know, I, you know. If you ask my score prediction, you know what's coming. I, I, I think we're just going to be too much. And if you if you get in there early, Melvin, I'll see you early there on Saturday. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you a call. In the week, good man. Good man. So well, you're I, doing score predictions? Yeah, we'll, we'll do score predictions. Well, Melvin, go first at the top one. Melvin, what's your score prediction for Saturday? Three 0 Three 0 Three 0 That's keep the average up. Yeah, that seems fair. That'd be that'd be good. Three goals a game again. Um, Sean, what are you thinking? What's your prediction Saturday? Five 0 Five nil. Yeah, I think they'll batter them. I think they will batter them. That would be uh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Five nil. I, I hate to think what Neil's going to say after that. Then Neil, what's what's, what's going to be mine? That was going to be mine, and I don't. I'm, oh God, I could equal. I could say the same as Sean, but I won't. So I'm going for six nil again. Six nil. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, I think this will be their baptism of fire. We're just going to be too much for them. And I, and I think that, it, you know, if we do that, what a statement of intent that, you know, the first three games, you know, there's been so much rumblings in the media again, of course, you know, putting us down saying, oh, we've had the easiest start and all that. Oh, it's just such rubbish. You know, we're never given any credit from the media. And I know I shouldn't take any notice yeah. of it. And I try not to, but sometimes it just ruffles my feathers. And I just think, let's just go in there, just batter them and then just put that statement of intent that say, no, we mean business this season. Right, 6-0. Sob it, 6-0. No, that's exactly... And Jesus will get his hat-trick that he's been trying to get. There you six, go. 6-0. Six, six, six I mean, I, I did put a comment on. Someone had put on or, or shared the thing about Arsenal's had the easiest start. And I said, yeah, how dare they make us play three Premier League teams in the first three games? How dare they do that? I mean... What 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 are they what are they trying to do? You know what I mean? Give us an easy start like that. I mean, ridiculous. You know what, who do they want us to play? Um, Terry has gone there for four one. He would have said five one, um, but keep taking the foot off the gas. Actually, that's the thing, isn't it? You see, I think you know as much as I'd like to see us win six nil. I don't think we will win six nil because if we got three or four nil up, we won't. We will just keep the ball like Man City do, and we won't go on and get five or six. I don't think personally. Um, but uh, but what we'll see. Um, Terry um, says there, uh, good man, Sean, you're my new favourite. Yeah, because he's gone 5-0, you see. But Neil's gone 6-0, so there you go. Um, I'm kind of with Melvin. I'm thinking kind of 3-0. Um, I think it's going to be a tricky game, but I do think we should have too much quality. We've got momentum. We've got confidence. And I think Fulham will give it as their best shot. I'm sure they will. And I'm sure they'll cause us a few issues here and there, but we should be far too strong. 
the way that we're playing. And I think we will win. And I'm going to go 3-0 as well. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, I'm sure it'll be a good game to watch again, hopefully. Um, Kiddo's gone 3-1. Thinks we will. See, most people seem to think of letting a goal in. I'm not too sure we will. I mean, Mitrovic seems to be their only main threat, isn't he? So, um, I don't know. We've look pretty solid defensively overall, haven't we? So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go 3-0 anyway and let's hope that that we win. Um, well, I mean, what are, you know, yeah, with bits of ups and downs in the show, looking at the documentary always brings us down a little bit, but ultimately, um, you know, it's been it's been a good show. It's been a good weekend and, of course, uh, I will repeat it. I just want to get it in because it might not last much longer. I want to enjoy it. While we can. <laughs> you know, hopefully we'll still be playing it on the show in May because uh, that's what Neil's predicting. So you know, maybe we'll still be playing it in May. That'd be great, wouldn't it? When we play thirty-five games and we're still top, that's that'd be nice. Um, so yeah, fantastic show. Obviously, Melvin, you are back with us on Wednesday. Give us a quick uh, little rundown of what your show's got in store for us on Wednesday. We've got the uh, sixty-four and sixty-five-six season where uh, we've got a bit of a management issue. Yes. So, um, so we'll be talking about that with my uh, with my guest. I'm going to have a little chat too soon, so that should be very very interesting. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I've done a bit of research as always because I can't remember everything. I've been written down on bits of paper all over the wall probably, but uh, no, I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully uh, you will enjoy it too. See you Wednesday, gentlemen. Yeah, so that's on Wednesday at 8 o'clock then for Melvin's Highbury Matters. So that is going to be fantastic again as the first one was. Looking really looking forward to that. And Sean, of course, you're back tomorrow, aren't you, with uh, with uh, your good friend Steve. What have you got in store for us tomorrow? We are. Um, I think Steve's going to take a... He's got some um, stats for me to look at from uh, years gone by of how things have changed in modern day. I'm also going to be bringing some... Um, looking around at low knees and how they're getting on. Um, given with what we've seen of Saliba, um, I think it's worth taking a look at our loanies and seeing how they're getting on. Um, and the usual banter between me and Steve, no doubt. Yeah, that's been a, that's been a really good show. Actually, we've been enjoying watching that. Yeah. It's been good fun, and I'm sure tomorrow will be good as well. So make sure you tune into that at eight o'clock um, tomorrow. Uh, and one day we're hoping that Neil's going to have his own show on the channel as well. But at the moment, I'm I know. About he's that. Just, uh, <laughs> But it's, it's on. always. I'm just, it's, I'm just. I'm just honoured to be on your your shows when I can. I, I don't know about. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Well, never you're. Know. You, you know. Never say never. No, never you're, say never. You'll all be on my Harvey Matters, gentlemen. Don't worry about that at some stage. Yeah, yeah no, we look forward to that definitely. Now, can I just no, I mean, say, I think the shows have been brilliant. I think you, what you guys have done this season is brilliant. It's it's all nice, isn't it? We're winning. We had the documentary, and then you've got your own shows. I mean, what more could we want? It's been fantastic, honestly. It's been it's been great to see just a bit of that, that, you know, the difference, something different this season. And uh, well done to you all. It's been fantastic to be a part of it and watch it. It's been great. And you and you you've been, you've been on it as well, Neil. So you know, don't don't play down your role that you're playing in in, oh, in the too kind, really. Producing, you know, you, you've been on every everyone that we've done on a Monday, which is great. It's always good to see you. So, um, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure to chance with you guys. So don't forget, I say Sean and, and Steve tomorrow. The extra time show at eight o'clock, and then 
say Melvin's hybrid matters on Wednesday. There's no Arsenal social this week, unfortunately, because Adam's away. So that we're not going to have a, a Thursday show, which is a shame because that's a good show as well. But he's, he's off this week. Um, but that'll be back next week uh, as usual. And then I've got a Fulham fan coming on, a guy called Steve, on Friday to look ahead to the game. So that's going to be good as well. That'll be at seven o'clock. I was at half past seven. I'll have to double check on Friday. And then Saturday, of course, I'll be able to watch the Fulham game. Uh, and if anybody's going, if you you used to go, if you want to stick some videos up for you know from some of the atmosphere and stuff, we'll do a nice selfie for you, Rich. All right, how's that? No, yeah, I don't think shirts. That'll be slow motion. No, that'll be that'll be, that'll be cool. Actually, we we'll, we'll, all that'll be great. Um, Loki says thumbs up. Chat. Yeah, cheers, Loki, for uh, for tuning in again. Always a pleasure. Uh, Terry says great show tonight. Rich, Magic, Neil, and Sean, much appreciated. Night all. And in the chat, yeah, and yourself, Terry, again. Thank you very much for obviously your uh, long term support of the channel, which has been great. Um, Kiddo says uh, United have turned into prime Bayern Munich. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> Wait till we play them. Um, and Kilo says, hey, Rich, when will you get a, an Arsenal women's show? Um, I'm starving. The lack of movement in the transfer window is baffling. A backup keeper and winger only. Yeah, I mean, we bought a couple of players. The women's show will be back probably the first week in September, ahead of the season. We'll be looking into the new season. Talking about the transfers, obviously, one or two new ones in already. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, but yeah, we'll be looking ahead to that as well. So that's all going to be starting. So we haven't even got into the women yet. All these great shows, we haven't even started on the women. So Loads of great stuff to come. But, yeah, that'll be probably the first week in September um, we'll do that because there's a draw for the Champions League and all that kind of stuff as well. So we will uh, have all that as well. So, um, but yeah, thanks to all you guys for watching tonight. Thank you, in, all you guys in the chat as well. Fantastic. Um, and please give it a like before you go. Melvin, thank you very much for coming on. Sean as well. And, of course, Neil. And don't forget to watch their shows this week as well because it's always great stuff. We always enjoy it. Um, their shows well now we'll go off and watch the rest of this um, little game that's happening somewhere um, some two small teams that aren't going to be challenging us for anything <laughs> we don't need to worry about that's right that's right so yeah we can go watch a bit of that we, we can just relax and watch them and say you know we, we can't catch us up so thanks for you guys thanks for tuning in Tune in tomorrow at 8 o'clock for the Extra Time show with Sean and Steve. I say Wednesday for Melvin's Hybrid Matters. I will see you on Friday for the Fulham um, uh, opposition view. In the meantime, as always, of course, come on, you gunners. And we are top of the league. Good. And we're going to stay there at least for another few weeks. Anyway, guys, take it easy. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Turn up. <laughs>